So I'm going to bring out two of the industry leaders, and I'm going to ask them to join, uh, join me now. Andrew Silver, who's the CEO of Molo Logistics and uh, Molo Services, and also Matt Pyatt, who is the CEO of Arrive Logistics. Matt and Andrew. Thank you, sir. Good to see you, Matt. Good to see you. All right. All right, we don't do panels as, as we described. So I'm going to throw something out. These guys are actually allowed to talk to one another. Panels don't typically do that. They're trying just to you know, get their talking points out. We're not going to do that. There's no talking points here. We're really going to bring two companies that are evolving. They're growing remarkably. We're going to talk about digital because this wouldn't be a transportation logistics supply chain conference if we weren't talking about digital freight brokers at this point. So I'm going to toss out. So guys, thank you very much for doing this. Let me, uh, let me toss, toss one out to you. Matt, let's, let's go with you. You guys are continuing to grow extraordinarily rapidly. How are you doing it? It's a good question. I, I wonder the same thing a lot of the time. <laughs> um, you know, we've really focused on the people. I think the digital freight brokers have really focused on the technology. We're focusing on people, process, and technology. Right. Um, for those that don't know our story, we started back in 2014, a small office in Austin, Texas with 10 people. And, you know, today we're over 1,000 people. So in about five and a half years, we've really aggressively grown our business. And we've really focused on hiring the right people, training people the best, and then retaining them. Because this industry is all about the relationship. It's all about experience. It's all about keeping people in the business and keeping your customers and carriers happy. So just a, an intense focus on the people, but also building you know, great world-class technology as well. So uh, Andrew, as uh, John Paul Hampstead of Freight Waves uh, has, has, has described you, sort of next generation of the leadership here, everything that Matt said makes a whole lot of sense. How is Molo differentiated from that, or are you just, you're just trying to do it better? I would say we're, we're trying to do it better. Uh, I'm a big fan of Matt. I'm a big fan of Arrive. Uh, for us, it's all about service. That, that is really the recipe for success in this business. Service your people, service your drivers, service your customers. That's our philosophy. It's been that way from day one. You know, we were founded in 2017, July. Um, three guys working in a, a little office above a bar. Today, we've got over 200 people. We'll do about 130 million this year, and mm -hmm. and and you know it, it really is just all about service. The guys who focus on profit all day, every day, those are the guys that find themselves struggling to grow. Uh, for us, if we just service our customers every day, they're going to come back and give us more freight. So, as your customers are going to come back to you, 2018 was a once in a hundred year year in many ways. 2019 is a very different year. How has your service to your customers? Uh, had you continue to grow in a very different market than what 2018 was? So, so we were fortunate because 2018, I think a lot of companies got quite short-sighted in terms of how they approached their customer relationships. And what I mean by that is you saw truck rates go through the roof and you know much higher than what some of these contracted prices they had committed to were. So it was hard to uphold some of those commitments. I go back to our, our core principle of service for us all we were doing was servicing our customers. We were at the top of every scorecard we received, and as a result, in 2019, our customers wanted to grow with us. Yep. Same thing, Matt. You, you know, 2018 was was crazy in a lot of ways. Uh, um, I don't have to look at a sonar chart to tell me that, but if I do, I'll see a very different uh, tender reject index in the USA in 2019 than I saw in 18. How how has Arrive continued to progress? So. 
when we started the company, it was kind of like at the tail end of the polar vortex. So back in 2014, I would argue that 2014, sure. the first uh, quarter or second quarter, were just as good as probably 2018. Mm -hmm. So um, very similar market. So when we started, it was kind of like the, the, the tail end of that. And if you look at 2015, 2016, and the first you know eight or nine months of 2017, it was an extremely open market. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're not not used to that. Like it's right. actually been since we've started the company, it's been a very, very open, soft market. So, you know, what Andrew says around customers, like one of the things that we have going for us is we are a very young organization. Like the culture is everything. Um, our people are bought in. We've done a really good job of recruiting really talented people, but also tying them in to where they're aligned to what we're trying to accomplish as an organization. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge differentiator for, you know, being a startup, you have that flexibility. Being a larger company, you don't have as much uh, flexibility to really tying the employees in to what you're trying to do. So, you know, even in a soft market, we're still in, you know, $800 billion marketplace sure. in, in, in North America. And then brokerage is what, $80, $90 billion of freight spend. You know, we're, we're gonna do a little over 500 million this year. So like, we're just still, you know, just a spec. Yep. Um, you know, as long as your people are, you know, working hard and you're servicing your customers, there's, there's plenty of freight to go around and we have not struggled. So you talk about people, process, technology. Let's focus in on, on that first one, the, the, the people side of things. You guys are recruiting in two of the hotbeds uh, where um, you have not only logistics uh, companies, transportation companies that are growing, but other companies pulling. How, how is how's the Molo culture causing you to be able to recruit the people that you want and the people that you want to retain? So when I think about culture, it's an interesting word, right? Because it's, it's, it's a buzzword that you hear all the time, yep. and I think you rarely see people get very deep with it. It's important, right? Culture is really important. Um, but when I think about our culture and who we are, I actually looked up culture and, and you know, the definition I saw was the way of life of a group of people. And when you're a fast growing company and you're hiring 10, 15 people every month, it's hard to get everyone to be bought into the same way of life, right? So you have to be incredibly consistent with your message and who you are and how you behave, right? So for us, uh, one of the biggest things for me is respect. And mm -hmm. I say, you know, we've hired a lot of people from other brokerages and you know they have experience, which is great, but they often come with some bad habits, right? And brokerage can be quite cutthroat, competitive. People are willing to screw one another over for, to make an extra buck. And I, I won't stand for that, right? And every person I interview, I say the same thing to them. I'm like, listen, you can make us millions of dollars, but if you can't respect the people in our office and the people that we partner with, the drivers and the customers, then you don't have a place here, right? That is so important to me. And so that's just step one. Mm -hmm. And then two is getting buy-in. Like I said, you're hiring people every month. Every month, more and more people are coming in. You have to get everyone bought into the same message, and it's got to be a simple one. For us, we want to be the best. We want to treat our customers better than everybody else. We want to take care of drivers better than everybody else. And we want to treat our people better than everybody else. Everyone's got to be bought into that message. What's the message you tell them about Arrive? <laughs> <laughs> So funny story, I'll tell it if you want me to. Uh, sure. Uh, so you know, our, our founders, Matt Boger, she's sitting over there. When they founded the company, the thought was um, we wanted to be the best, right? So to be the best, you got to beat the best. And at the time, we looked around the industry, or they did, and thought, who's the best today? And you know, Arrive was known as one of the fastest growing companies in the industry. So they looked at them and said, we got to beat them. We wanted to beat their revenue numbers, and to me, that wasn't hard because you know I thought we could outsell them. 
and we have the first couple of years. Uh, they're doing <laughs> now great. we're talking. They're okay. doing well, great, I mean, but you asked me to tell a story. Don't hold, don't hold so, back. Go ahead. So, anyways, they came up with this. This it, it, there's a picture from from May of 17. I've seen it on Matt's phone. It says Operation Ruta. And you got to roll the R. Uh, it's a revenue run up to arrive. It was always about beating arrive, and, and that's important, right? You got to have you know everybody's got their their kind of rival. If you want to build a competitive team that wants to win, you got to want to beat someone, right? So. Uh, beating their numbers wasn't, wasn't hard, but uh, the people part, that's, that's <laughs> challenging because I knew they built a great company that people wanted to work at. And, you know, we made a friendly wager I did with uh, Tim Tolari, who runs their Chicago office. This was back at the SOAR conference in Orlando, uh, and it was based on the Chicago Tribune top, top workplaces um, thing that they do. Uh, and, you know, they send out a survey to all employees, and you fill it out, and you know, they rank you on, on your, your leadership team, they rank you on your values, they rank you on your culture, they rank you on everything. Um, so this wager was essentially, whoever finished higher on the list, the loser had to go to the other guy's office and tell their whole company that they were better. <laughs> we didn't lose. So uh, Tim was in our office last week in front of my entire company and having to admit, yeah, you guys beat us. It's a good moment, it was fun, it was, it was lighthearted, but it was competitive, and that's, that's what we're trying to build. So um, flip that coin a little bit. Um, do you have Molo and others in your sites to motivate? Or how do you, how do you, how do you look at uh, it's five and a half years versus two. So how do you, how do you keep it fresh? How do, you, how do you keep the recruits and the folks that have been there for a while continuing wanna, to want to be the best? Yeah. Um, you, you asked a question around culture. And yeah. You know, we, we don't ever say we create culture. We create the environment. We create an environment that people want to come in every single day and they want to be successful. We provide them world-class technology, world-class training, great mentors, great uh, leadership, great managers. Um, we believe that over-communication is the only way to be successful. So, you know, we want to create a culture or an environment where people can be successful. And, you know, we, we always have friendly banter back and forth. And, you know, he's, he's forgetting that, you know, our, our headquarters is in Austin, Texas, and we got number five. <laughs> so we actually beat them. So they got, what number were you, 15? 15. You yeah, guys yeah. were 25. So he, he's, 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 not, he's comparing apples to oranges, but we're both doing a really, really good job. And I don't want to get into a dialogue with him because he loves to go back and forth. But You don't want to do a debate. <laughs> <laughs> you know how he is. So, you know, it... it the That's question. why you guys are on stage. I just, you know, yeah, I know. You guys we're just, not idiots. I mean, we're, you know, we knew what we were doing, putting you guys up here. So. Yeah, you should get us at the bar later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, honestly, like, I think that the biggest thing that we focus on is we actually had a four-hour executive meeting yesterday, and two and a half hours were raced uh, just all about retention. Like, mm -hmm. what are our retention strategy? What can we do to be better? How can we engage? Like, honestly, the... Um, the, the project was EFM, everybody, everybody fucking matters. And um, that, that's just the mentality that we have at this organization and, and we're just obsessed our, around it because we know that our people are what differentiates us. That's great. I keep going, but I really, it, I, I would not do, do my job if I didn't talk about digital freight brokers and how that plays uh, into you guys. So if a um, freight waves um, um, writer, editor calls and says, I'm doing a piece on digital freight brokers. It's entirely likely that you're on uh, John Paul Hampstead's uh, speed dial since he wants to be an adopted son in the, in, the, in, the, in the Silver family. <laughs> um, so so, so when, when JP does that and says, I'm doing a digital freight brokerage thing, you want in? You want to be thought that way? You want to be a commentator on it? So where's, where's your head at on digital freight brokers? Are you one? 
Am I? Are you? I don't know. Do we use technology? Yes. Uh, you know, digital freight broker is, it, 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 it's honestly kind of a ridiculous term to me. Um, it's not about how you service the freight as long as you service the freight, mm -hmm. right? So I think that the digital freight brokers have every opportunity to succeed just like we do, just like they do, as long as they service the freight, right? So mm -hmm. uh, the challenge for them will be making money. At some point, they're going to have to do that. And I don't think what they're doing is all that different than what Coyote and CH have been doing for years. These are companies who have moved thousands of loads seamlessly through their system every day without mm -hmm. any human intervention. I think one of the bigger challenges with this, this digital freight movement is the, the kind of issue resolution, right, and, and manage, managing problems. It is challenging to manage a problem with a truck driver. It is not black and white ever. Your customers have a black and white contract and they say this is how this is gonna work, but your driver that has a Friday morning delivery and he gets there, he's on time, but for whatever reason they won't unload him and he's stuck there till Monday, he's not accepting $250 layover, that's just not how that works. Mm -hmm. And if you can't call someone who, who you trust to take care of that situation for you, I think, I think you're in trouble. You know, people have a short memory. And you know, I guess the best way to say it is they have a short memory with regard to the things you do well, but a long memory with regard to the things you don't do well, right? You could service a customer well for 10 years, and if you start slacking off for two weeks, you're gonna lose that freight. Same thing with the drivers. You take care of a driver for, for 10 years and you treat them really well, and then there's one claim or one issue and, and you don't do it the right way, he's not working with you again, right? So. If you don't have people who are committed to the idea that they're gonna take care of those customers and those carriers in every situation, uh, I, I think you're gonna find yourself having challenges uh, growing sustainably and, and profitably. Interesting. So uh, Matt, let me uh, take the last few minutes that we've got and ask you guys, not, not this huge, big, you know, what's your 2020 vision, but we're, we're in bid season. I know bid season goes on all the time now, but traditional bid season is right now. And, are you guys seeing 2020 as a place where um, it's being priced like 2019? It's being priced like something different? And I don't want you to you know, give all the secret sauce up here, but what's, what's your bidding strategy these days? First, Tell I me. appreciate the free pass on the digital freight broker. That's, <laughs> that's good. I got a free pass. <laughs> I bet Andrew, which is so good yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> you know, I think that 2020 is, it's a really interesting year. And I think what you're seeing is, you know, we've talked to a lot of shippers and everyone's going to market right now. Everyone's doing RFPs. Everyone's trying to, you know, claw back some savings based on what they saw in 2018. Yep. Um, 2019, I think that if you look at the, the DAT um, rate index, you know, the contractual pricing has slowly kind of come down. But I do think it's going to continue to, you know, come back down to, to, you know, a more reasonable place. If you look at the deviation between contractual pricing and spot pricing, there's still about a 30 cent um, difference. So I, I think this bid cycle, you're going to see a lot of aggressive pricing coming through. I think you're going to see year-over-year -year rate decreases. You know, I don't see anything that's going to create significant volatility outside of a, a weather event or, right. or a regulation. Right. I believe that the market is so mature and so... Um, 
so fluid that the trucks come out of the market and trucks enter the market so quickly based on where their rates are that you know if you look back you know 11 12 years the only things that are causing massive disruptions are are significant things that are removing capacity overnight um, so you know our strategy is to be aggressive um, we're not a digital freight broker where we've raised you know hundreds of millions of dollars we've raised you know we raised a million dollars to start the business and right. you know that got us through the first you know, we got from zero to $250 million on a million dollar investment. So we're not a company that just gives away margins and mm -hmm. we're not gonna price to lose money. Um, we really, really focus on, you know, finding the customers that wanna get married rather than mm -hmm. the customers that wanna date us. Um, and that's gonna continue to be our strategy is like finding those core customers that wanna grow with us and pricing them reasonably and servicing the hell out of the freight. Sounds like a good strategy, Andrew. Uh, something that Molo is uh, doing as you're in the bid season right now or is there? A little bit of secret sauce you guys are bringing to the market. So I don't know what's going to happen in 2020. I don't think anybody does, and the people who say they do I think are full of shit. But <laughs> customers want rate reductions. I know that. Um, they're going to get them because there are some big boys who are raising a lot of money, and they're willing to spend it or lose it. They're willing to lose $80 million worth in a quarter, right? So uh, they're going to go get the freight. Uh, we're going to go get it too. I don't think we'll be quite as aggressive as some of those guys. You know, I think some people have alluded to potentially produce season and something happening in Q2, Q3 where we see the market pick up. I wouldn't hate that. Uh, I wouldn't hate seeing some of these other brokers maybe fall on their face if they've gotten really aggressive in bid season. That's one thing we won't do. If we give them a rate, we're going to hold that rate for the year. Mm -hmm. and, you know, that, that's been our strategy from day one. So I wouldn't love being in an environment where I get really aggressive and then the rates do pick up because that, that's not a great situation for me. But in any case, as long as we service the freight, I think we'll be fine. That sounds good. All right, guys, so um, we're coming to the end here. We didn't have nearly enough time, but I think we've accomplished a couple of goals. Demonstrated that uh, panels suck because this wasn't a panel because this didn't suck. And uh, uh, I heard Matt invite uh, everybody. He's buying the first drink if you want to watch this continue at the bar later on today. So I won, right? <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to pull we'll have to pull the audience later on. So Andrew, Matt, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. <laughs>